Chapters 31 through 35 of Pep Poise, Efficiency, Peace by Colonel William Crosby Hunter. Recording by J. A. Carter. Chapter 31 I want to tell you of a case I know about showing the benefits of good spirit and cheerfulness. A woman in the West had a crushing sorrow. Despondency, indigestion, insomnia, and other kindred ills followed. She determined to throw off the gloom which was making life so heavy a burden to her, and established the rule that she would laugh at least three times a day, whether occasion was presented or not. She trained herself to laugh heartily at the least provocation, and would go to her room and make merry all by herself. This woman was soon in excellent health and grand spirits, and her home became a sunny, cheerful abode. At first her husband and children were amused at her, and while they respected her determination because of the grief she bore, they did not enter into the spirit of the plan. But after a while, the funny part of the idea struck the woman's husband, and he began to laugh every time his wife spoke about it. When the husband came home, he would ask her if she had taken her regular laugh during the day, and he would laugh when he asked the question, and he laughed again when she answered it. The children thought Mama's notion was very queer, but they laughed at it just the same. Gradually, the children told other children, and they told their parents. The husband spoke of it to their friends. And finally, the neighborhood people, when meeting this woman, would ask her how many laughs she had today. Naturally, they all laughed when they asked the question, and that made the woman laugh too. This woman had been weighted down with the greatest kind of sorrow and troubled with worry. But this simple rule of laughing three times a day brought her out of it and put her into a new way of living. It relieved her of indigestion, banished the headaches, gave her poise and peace, and her whole home was better. And not only this, but the entire neighborhood received benefit from this good suggestion. Follow this suggestion of laughing three times a day, and prove the benefit of it in your own experience. Chapter 32 Do you have trouble in sleeping? If so, you cannot expect to get a medical prescription from me that will make you sleep. The only thing that will produce sleep artificially is a drug, and that is worse than no remedy at all. The ability to sleep well comes from getting yourself in good health and establishing within you the poise I have spoken about a few chapters ago. In other words, sleeplessness is the result of fear thought and continued training of your mental activity on your troubles until they become magnified. If the bugaboos come tonight and you just cannot sleep, do not worry over the matter or fret yourself till you fall asleep through sheer exhaustion. Let's change your old way of thinking about the matter. What if you don't sleep for a while? It isn't going to kill you. Know this, it will not be long before you will sleep like a baby, just as soon as you get the worry habit out of your system and learn to control yourself and get rest and exercise and a rational method of living. Tonight, if you do not sleep, get up and walk outdoors. Look up into the sky. Take a lot of deep breaths. If the weather is warm enough, walk on the grass barefooted. Get in touch with good old Mother Earth and absorb some of her magnetism. See the signs above of the power that creates. The stars are sending you messages, telling you that you are part of the great plan of the universe, that you can and that you will be strong. Resolve under this canopy of heaven that you are going to think up, not down, that you have everything to be thankful for, and that the suggestions you are getting will surely help you. Say to yourself, that you are going to get over these little worries that now bother you, even as you overcame others in the past. Remember, nothing that was not real has ever hurt you, and that worry is imagination. The past you cannot help or change. The future is not here. 
Today, now, is the only time in your life when you can improve yourself. Go back to bed, lie on the flat of your back, and raise your feet, first one, then the other. Raise them alternately, very slowly, until you feel your legs are getting tired. Then, when you have brought about that tired feeling, say to yourself, I can sleep, I will sleep. I am thinking great thoughts, planting good seed. I am choking out the bad thoughts. I am benefiting myself. Repeat helpful scripture thoughts like those of the 93rd Psalm. Comfort and a sweet feeling of confidence will come over you when you get into the state of mind that you are superior to evil thoughts and that troubles are imaginary only. Do the best you can. What you cannot prevent cannot be helped by regretting that you cannot help it. You are going to lose dear ones. You are going to have sorrows. They will come to you as they come to all of us. But you must accept and bear these sorrows, which you cannot help, remembering that there is a wise provision in nature that time lessens the sorrows and heals the heart. Hearts do not break. They only bend. When you are deep in sorrow, modify that sorrow with the thought that in accordance with the law of compensation you are going to get good and happiness to overbalance all the sorrow and unhappiness that has been your luck. And for your comfort, remember that truth which has been handed down through the centuries. The Lord tempers the wind to the shorn lamb. And likewise, come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There will be those who weep for you when you pass out of this life. Take comfort in the thought that there will be sorrow because they loved you. Loved you? Why did they love you? Because you worried? No. They loved you because you cheered them. You sympathized and you helped them. It was your cheer and kindness that brought about the love. Aren't you glad that you are getting into the better way of thinking? Does not happiness commence to come to you as you are gaining confidence in yourself and as you are beginning to be of service in the world? Resolve to do a kind act tomorrow. Make someone see your heart. Speak softly, smile, and tomorrow sunshine will be in your heart, and a sweet something in your thoughts which words cannot tell. And you will sleep, I am sure. Think of the good you are going to do tomorrow. Go to sleep with this resolve, to thank God for the very fact that you are alive, and for the fact that you can and will do some good to someone. Think this way, and as your head lies on the pillow, you will hear the rustle of angels' wings and see visions of joy on the dreamland faces of those you love and those you are going to be kind to. Get such thoughts in your head, and you will find that sleep will come to you, and that sleep will be refreshing. Chapter 33 You have had too much conceit, too much self-consciousness in the past. You have been comparing your weak points with the strong points of others. It may be the one you are envying most is suffering hardship. It may be that very person is envying you. You must not condemn yourself. It's cowardly. It is fear thought, and that is the parent of worry. Discouraging thoughts come to your mind, and if you brood over them, you are establishing worry. The longer you think worry, the longer it will take to eliminate worry. You must keep your mind filled with beautiful thoughts, and do not let them die for lack of nourishment. As I have said before, there is nothing that comes out of the brain that doesn't go in there first. I want you to realize the importance of continually feeding your brain with uplifting faith thoughts. Say to yourself, I am strong, I can do this, I can do that, instead of saying, I am weak, I am tired, I am sick, I can't do this, I can't do that. 
I'm no good. I'm played out. All this self-condemnation hurts you, and you are putting bad thoughts in your brain where they crowd out the good thoughts. There are many opportunities for you to take short, brisk, invigorating walks. If you live in the city, walk part, if not all the way, to your place of business, instead of riding in stuffy street cars. Walking will help digest your breakfast, will stimulate your system, and put you in fine state for the day. How much better it is to take this natural exercise than to ride to your office in a crowded street car and be forced to the necessity of knocking off for the afternoon to take exercise. The object of exercise is to enliven and build all parts of the body, and this is best done by simple movement of the muscles and not by violent movement. Walking is one exercise that gives you the simplest movements. I have, for ten months, regularly walked from my home to my office. I walk every morning, rain or shine. I have missed only two or three mornings when the snow and sleet and ice on the ground made it uncomfortable to walk. The glorious mental rest I get during the walking is something I cannot well explain. At first it was somewhat irksome, but now it is a distinct pleasure, and I resent any interference with my plan of walking to my place of business. I call my walking my golf club, and I get more benefit from walking than I used to get when I played golf, because when I played golf I always had a partner, and my mind was on the game, and I did not have the pleasure of soliloquy, which I do have when I am walking. The very fact that I am alone, with nothing to disturb me, gives my brain a fine exercise and helps generate beautiful thoughts. The old judge who walks quietly to court and the minister or the businessman who walks much get plenty of air and sunshine and they live longer than trained athletes. While you are walking, think beautiful, helpful thoughts, and thus build your mind as you build your body. Do not walk in company with another, for then you get into conversation and your mind is in a wrong channel of activity. When you are walking alone, you have a calm, cobweb-clearing head action. Do not ride to your office or the store. Walk part of the way, and then every day walk a little farther. When you come home at night, you will feel the benefit of this natural exercise. It is nearly four miles from my house to my office. I used to think it was a long distance, but now it is about sixty minutes of extreme pleasure. I do not walk fast. I walk comfortably, slowly, and enjoy every step I take. Walking develops breathing. It exercises the muscles of the chest and gives the lungs room to expand, sends the blood in regular pulsations from the heart to the lungs, clears the head, soaks the body with oxygen, which revitalizes the worn parts and carries new strength to all the system. All outdoor games, such as golf, tennis, baseball, are good because they make you breathe fresh air, but there are none of these games as good for you as walking. Do not walk briskly, or work yourself up into a sweat. Do not walk as though you are training. When you start out on your morning's walk, enjoy the sunshine, the birds, and all nature. You will find the morning walk much better for you than the morning cocktail. Chapter 34 Cheer! That is the tonic. It is the cord on which all the beads in our golden prescription are strung. Cheer is the official advertisement of health and happiness. The Bible says, Be of good cheer, and a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Read the songs of David and the Proverbs of Solomon and see what they say about cheer. Cheer is the arch-enemy of worry. Cheer and faith are soldiers with armor which the hordes of worry demons can never penetrate. Let us study the ingredients of the golden prescription and say them over again to fix them in our memory. They are air, water, sunshine, food, exercise, rest, 
thought, cheer. Even as you say these eight words, you can see worry hiding and sneaking away, because you are considering helpful things and taking into your mind glorious ideas. While you study these chapters, you do not worry, do you? And why haven't you worried as you read these truths and suggestions? Simply because, as I have time and time again said to you, no two objects can occupy the same space at the same time, and because you are occupied and interested in uplifting helpful thoughts instead of depressing fear and worry thoughts about non-existing phantoms that cannot hurt you. Worry is a great bluffer, but you are getting strong and you are ready to call the bluff. You have been thinking and filling that filing cabinet of your brain with helpful thoughts, and you have faith and belief, and you can say in the proper spirit, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The Lord is my comforter, I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee. The old bugaboo worry can't make you miserable about the things that are never going to happen to you. You are strong, you have faith, you have courage, and you know that worry is unreal, untrue, and unfair. Worry is the dragon that makes faces to scare children, but you are no longer a child. Worry is a false face that tries to bother us, a dragon of evil that tries to torture us. Worry is conceived in wickedness, born in cowardice, and living in fear thought. It thrives on the weak, chasing those who run, pouncing on those who are afraid. Like a cur dog that chases you and barks, worry can be frightened away if you will turn around, stand your ground, and say boo to it. Now a little summing up of the good things you have learned. Say this, over and over. I am not afraid. I am emancipated. I have cast off the shackles. I am free. Nothing in the world can harm me unless I let it, and I will not let it. I have no place for worry because my thoughts are far above the low fear and cowardly effect of worry. I have cast out fear, cast out worry, and established in their places faith and confidence. You're feeling better, dear reader, are you not? You have learned helpful truths, and there are more wonderful ones yet for you to learn. And these wonderful truths have been handed down for generations. They are old thoughts and are good thoughts because they have been tested by time. In the next chapter I will tell you of them. So go to bed with faith and courage, with joy and happiness within you, because you are getting strong and are learning the right way to think, and you are confident I am telling you the truth and am sincere with you. I have not been preaching down to you, but have been talking on the level with you. Chapter 35 Here are truths that were uttered at a time when men knew nothing of the high tension and nervous strain of modern civilization. These truths have grown stronger and stronger as time has passed. They are truths of the Bible. They are good. Let us repeat some of them and see what glorious strength and help they promise to bring to you. I care not what religion you believe in or what sect you favor. These are certain helps and they are positive benefits to anyone who repeats them or believes in them. There is nothing in any of these truths to which you can find exception, no matter what your religion may be. I shall not stop to quote the chapter and verse from which these truths are taken, but they are all from the Bible. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he who taketh a city. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And yet, after all these centuries, and with these positive promises before us, 
a great number of people are worrying about tomorrow and making troubles of the things that are going to occur yet these things will not happen cannot happen and cannot bother you if you keep worry out of your mind a merry heart doeth good like a medicine but a broken spirit drieth the bones that truth was uttered by solomon and it holds good today cast ye all your care upon him for he careth for you be of good comfort thy faith hath made thee whole go in peace surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows commit thy way unto the lord and trust him and he shall bring it to pass above all take ye the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked what comfort those truths will give you and again listen fear thou not i am with thee be not discouraged i am thy god i will strengthen thee yea i will help thee yea i will uphold thee the creator made you he made the earth the sun the moon the stars the sky he made all the planets in this universe we know about he made all the three thousand stars you see on a clear night and yet brother each of these three thousand stars is a sun around which a number of planets revolve the same as these we know about revolve about the sun we know about and when you consider each one of these stars as the center of a universe just remember that there are many more universes beyond those this is god's work and it is wonderful that he will help so small a thing as you he has made you he will help you if you will go to him and have faith his promises are true the lord is my shepherd i shall not want i will fear no evil for thou art with me and he is with you and will be with you if you have the faith to commune with him in silent prayer think faith as you pray think not the blessings are merely things you get for the asking to many prayer is a rehearsal of desires it's like a child who asks for presents from santa claus it is a one-sided proposition there are several hundred thousand ministers in the united states and the chances are that every sunday each one of these ministers gives the lord a list of little temporal earthly things he wishes the lord to do for him this is not my idea of prayer instead of bringing the lord down to look after our little troubles the scheme as i take it is to lift ourselves up into the atmosphere of the lord with courage and faith raise ourselves up far and away from the fear thoughts we have been thinking sincere and earnest prayer is a positive method of getting good suggestions into your thoughts if your prayer is of the uplift kind prayer quiets your mind and keeps your thought on higher ideals it fills you with noble impulses and gives you courage and strength it will make your will stronger and your resistance to evil greater prayer brings help if you have faith nothing will brush away your troubles like real prayer remember that as sure as you live and breathe and have faith your prayers will be answered if you pray right tonight pray the best you know how and tomorrow night pray according to the instructions in the next chapter end of chapters 31 through 35 recording by j a carter www.pleonic.com